the Corojo rapper. That's something I enjoy, right? The Corojo rapper has a story and has a history. I mean, a real Cuba history. It's it's the original uh, rapper. It's it's a varietal that that sometimes a little a little delicate, right? It was it's susceptible to certain uh, diseases, and but really, when you think of the Corojo wrapper and the spice that it brings, that that's that's reminiscent of Cuban cigars. And I'm not saying it isn't used on other cigars. It is uh, today. One of those is the Perla del Mar, which is a cigar I remember smoking back when, and it was like, you wouldn't smoke a Perla del Mar. Well, J.C. Newman has brought it back. There's been a rebrand. Maybe I'm wrong. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. We are smoking the Perla del Mar from J.C. Newman, and we're doing this as the Double Toro. Now, this is a box press cigar, right? So it's squared off, and the size of this is a 6 by 60 which means it's 6 inches long. Tee Always makes fingers Malloy laugh. And 60 refers to the ring gauge. The, the diameter of the cigar, or basically how thick it is around. Tee Again, with the laughter. Box press is exactly how it sounds, guys. It's squared off. This also goes back uh, to Cuba. When the rollers, they were rolling outdoors, the winds would blow. And so they would square it off so it would sit on their rolling table and wouldn't roll away. Mm-hmm. It's pretty smart stuff, right? Basic standard stuff. Uh, we just started uh, this cigar. Fingers Malloy, uh, we're in the first third. Give me an idea of where you're at and what you what your first take is from this. A, a Perla Del Mar Corojo. A few notes that are all very subtle. Uh, there's a subtle sweetness to it, uh, some wood, uh, and a little bit of pepper, but n- nothing that really overwhelms the palate it's just very mild very enjoyable uh, I, I just you know we talk about some sticks that are a pepper bomb or something like there, there's none of that it's just everything's just kind of subtle what, what do you think I think that you are dead inside this is this is subtle to you I think the spices come on huge in this cigar all over the tongue but it's actually a rather tasty pepper i enjoy it there's also some solid tobacco that's coming through uh, on this thing a little bit of wood that's happening this is corojo wrapper nicaraguan in the binder and the filler and they view it as a medium full cigar and figures is like i'll do three at one time i'll put one between my toes and smoke it yeah oh god oh this is mild to me dude you you have changed so much in just doing this show over the last three years. It's incredible. And, and guys, palettes change. Did I ever tell you when I was living in California at the time? I, a cigar smoker then, had, had Bobby's spot down there in Woodland Hills, and, and I got sick. I got the flu. I got whatever it is that, that I got. And I went back and I had a, I think it was a Perdomo at the time. And I'm like, this is terrible. This is awful. All right, something wrong with the cigar. Got another one. Forget what it was. I was like, this is terrible. What is this? My entire palate changed. From that time, I could never do spicy before. I could tolerate spicy. I all of a sudden wanted ice in my water. My entire, it's so dumb, so true. My entire palate changed, and I've been like that ever since. Crazy. Palates change. Tastes and desires change. Oh, that, that's amazing to me. It, uh, well, let me, what are the notes? Are you, are you getting the similar notes? Are you getting wood and... Uh, I, get, I get wood. I get, I get uh, a tobacco more than I get an earth, and I'm getting that spice. The wrapper is just gorgeous. It's like, it's an oily to the suede right here. It's a beautiful, beautiful milk chocolate yeah. in, in, in the wrapper. It's gorgeous. The burn's a touch uneven. But that's uh, me, and sometimes that happens w- with a box press more than others because it's it's not as natural to rotate it in your mouth or rotate it while you're holding it because of the box press. The Perla Del Mar, P-E-R-L-A-D-E-L-M-A-R, Perla Del Mar, uh, Corojo right here. But it's, it's a just great flavor profile. And the thing that I totally dig about this cigar, and I was blown away, blown away, the first time I had this cigar, I knew it was a, what we'll call a value cigar. Mm. It's a premium cigar, 
right? But it is a value because it wasn't a very expensive cigar, and I think people thought of it as the low end. This thing is seven ninety nine. This is oh, an eight dollar stick. That's insane. And I'm telling you, this is a work cigar, a uh, golf course cigar. Uh, you're not going to worry about it if you lose it, but you're going to be able to enjoy it because there's actual flavor there as opposed to just this muddled bland of nonsense. Easy, easy medium full smoke, but absolutely a medium full smoke. Well, my golfer friends out there, let me tell you, this is at that price. This is definitely a golf course cigar. And oh, by the way, shout out to uh, listener Steve Crandall, who uh, sent me a link to, uh, you know, I've talked about how I'm, you know, I'm always leaning towards box press cigars on, on the golf course. So they won't roll, yeah. won't roll away. Sent me a link to a uh, stainless steel foldable cigar holder that will sit right on your golf cart. That's, you know, reasonably priced. Too much work. <laughs> too much work. Yeah. Well, then again, I think golf is too much work. But if you want to invite Fingers to go golfing with you, <laughs> all expenses paid, he will bring the Perla Del Mars. Yes, I will do that. But I, I, like you said, Tony, if you're spending 7 $8 a stick, okay, you dropped it in the trap, oh darn, you know, uh, easy come, easy go. Uh, this is definitely something that I think uh, a, a golfer would love to have on the golf course. So the, there's, we once again remind... Right. And, and by the way, what do you get out of the cigar? Get your notebook out. What did you eat that day? What did you drink that day? We, we've got a touch of, of, of humidity, even though some cooler temperatures in Indianapolis, getting ready for the big Memorial Day weekend, which, by the way, if you want cigars for everybody to hang out with while, while, you're, uh, while you've got your uh, brisket on the smoker and you don't want to spend too much, great cigar to do that with. Mm-hmm. Great cigar to do uh, that with when, you know, cost is an issue and, Costs are issues, uh, no, no doubt about it. But uh, y- y- what I what I enjoy here, and 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 what I I sincerely like, and I tell you, there are a few of these in my humidor, is that there are seven, eight, nine dollar cigars out there, and for a lot of people, that's their price point. And so it, there's got to be good. There has to be good, flavorful ways of 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 engaging your palate. You know, if, if you think of, of the, the lower-cost cigars, all right, it, it's just a cigar. All right, at least I'm smoking something. Horse crap. That's a, that is a terrible way to... You know, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. That is just dumb. Do things. And it's part of the reason why you got to experiment in a cigar lounge. Because most people, they think, oh, cigar lounge, oh, it's only an $8 stick. I'm going to avoid that. Don't you dare. No, we... Uh- We've we've done sticks. I, I don't know if we've actually reviewed this, but I believe Davidoff has the the three by three. Davidoff is the three by three. That's a wonderful smoke. Yeah, it's a, a tubo, and I uh, it's like three or four dollars a stick, isn't it? Right. I, I mean, th- I think it might be five, but I, but okay. you're but you're right in there. Yeah, that's a that's a good giveaway one as well, just to have a bunch in for for those times. But the Perla del Mar, the Corojo. Just because I think the Corojo wrapper brings so much as a box press in the 6x60, there's so much surface area. Uh, I, 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 I dig it, man. I smoked one the other day, and I'm like, you know what? And by the way, it's, for me, it built a little bit. It just hit the spots. It really did. And this will go well with your bourbon, well with a porter, and well with a coffee. That's a, that's a nice triple hit. The Perla Del Mar from J.C. Newman. Tis the season to be a grillin'. And I'm not lying. I have got a 13-pound brisket that I am doing for Memorial Day. That's smoking, not grilling. You get the point, yes? Did you say a grilling? I, I did say a grilling. Okay. Just wanted you to know, make sure. That, that's, that's how I talk. That's my happy voice. <laughs> You're very folksy. Uh, so uh, there are mistakes that get made when doing this. Um, and if you head on over to EatDrinkSmokeShow.com, we had a whole conversation about how I'm doing this brisket and the realization that I'm... My original plans on timing, I, I, I was a naive schmuck. Uh, you have to give this much, much, much more time. And I mean, it's a, it's a full packer brisket, and I got to do some carving on it, get the fat off there. But there are mistakes in grilling and smoking that people make, and there's going to be a lot of that uh, this, this Memorial Day. So we wanted to go over the list of mistakes that people make. And I think the first one, you know, we love a list. It's eat, drink, smoke lists. Fingers and <laughs> life. The first one's real, and you can speak to this better than I can. People do not let the grill heat up enough. True or false? Absolutely true. 100% true. Uh, you know, my grill, I have cast iron grates, and just because you're... That's a humble brag, right? A little bit. A L- little bit. 
Uh, and you know, you'll you'll see uh, the the temperature gauge say your girl's at four hundred degrees. Well, the grates aren't, so you got to give it ten fifteen minutes for the grates to to warm up. Uh, don't just just don't be throwing your meat on a cold grill, Tony. Honestly, that is that is life advice <laughs> for for everybody, men and women. Don't be throwing your meat on a cold grill. If I swear to you, if I don't have that on a t-shirt within the next week, <laughs> fire me. Fire me, would you please? Not letting the meat rest before cooking. Now, this people do confuse a lot. They kind of are used to the idea that you let the meat rest afterwards because you want the juices to, to, to reincorporate into the meat. You don't want your cold meat on a hot grill. Right. You want it at a what I would describe as a room temperature. Yeah, and I know I'm guilty sometimes of, of putting my meat on the grill a little bit too soon, Tony. Uh, you know, I it's it's a little too cold. You got to let it warm up. Let let the the outside air hit it. Uh, make sure. Can we check? <laughs> are, are we still on the air, everybody? Can anybody just check? Send us a message. Are we still on the radio? Wherever, wherever, wherever you're hearing us, is the podcast still playing? You 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 actually look like you're blushing a little bit. Right now. <laughs> Was that a, is that how it's done? <laughs> but it is true because it, it there's it, the the effect that it has so much of the problem that people have with grilling in general is the complete and total lack of pa- patience and the lack of mise en place. Uh, everything in its place, which is absolutely the way I cook. So you'll often see this on cooking shows, and you'll be like, why do they have, they've already got their cinnamon laid out, and they already have their salt laid out, and they already, you measure out everything first. Yeah. You get it together, and then you put it in. So you're not rethinking anything. Wait, did I put that in as the right measurement, right amount? You're going to, you know, in, in a traditional style, if, if I have to add, let's say, a, a teaspoon of salt, I'm doing it over the thing that I'm cooking, so anything extra falls in. But you also have an opportunity for mistakes that way. When you go about, all right, let me measure out the, the salt and let me have it in a, in a little dish, a little ramekin, whatever it is, it's it's done, it's finished, it's complete. You do that? I absolutely do it. I absolutely do because the mistakes bother me. Now, there are times where I'm just playing around, whatever. What, I don't know what this is. What Expiration dates. Expiration dates are for suckers. <laughs> Throw it on, you know? Uh, the, I, of course, there are times I do that, but Absolutely. I, I absolutely plan it out, measure out, except for when I'm doing salt or pepper on a steak or on a brisket. That's just to the eyeball. Yeah. No, and, and much more than most people do. You know, I'll watch the the cooking shows on Food Network and I'll see them having their spices. What, what a Rubicon? Ra- ramekin? What did you call that? What did you call that? You're a schmuck. <laughs> it's a ramekin. A ramekin. R-A-M-E-K-I-N. A ramekin. And I think to myself, who does that? Who has uh, eight spices and ramekins uh, ready to go? You know, they just, uh, during the show, they'll just throw, okay, here's uh, some cumin. And they pour it, and it's like, uh, just shake the cumin on. Shake the cumin on your meat, Tony. Honestly, you're just the worst kind of person. So also this list, which is, which is from mashed.com, mm-hmm. this is where you and I differ. Not using a meat thermometer. I admit that I use one for a brisket. On steaks, it's absolutely my finger. I can tell by touching. See, but didn't you, back in the day, way, 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 way back in the day, you worked in the... the worked in restaurants, owned a restaurant. I have better than some, not as good as others. I can do it by feel. Listen, I I wish I could do that. I don't trust myself. Right. I, I just go ahead and use a thermometer, because especially nowadays, Tony, with how expensive steaks are... I don't want to overcook my steak. Can I tell you the amount of time my wife and I spend? I the amount of time I spent looking at a a grocery store circular in my life <laughs> is seven <laughs> seconds. Like I'll just like thumb through it if I'm doing something else. Yeah, comparing deals, seeing what's out there, and seeing when the sales start and going and get it. You know, I di- I did. I bought a chest freezer, and we we loaded up constantly. How? I was, a true story, I was in a supermarket, filet mignon was $30 a pound, and I turned around and I said, who is buying this? I'm marrying you tonight. <laughs> Sorry, honey. $30 a pound. 30 That's, But ribeyes are $15.99 a pound. With all due respect, I'm not doing $15.99 a pound. For ribeyes, what are you, nuts? 
I, I'll be honest. I've been doing sirloins. That's what I've been doing. They're lately. lovely. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, I listen. He's like the sirloin tip kind of things, yeah, or just, just sirloin steaks. You, you can go to the grocery store, just grab it, um, and uh, that—that's what I get. I the idea of. Uh, I used to go and get a New York strip or, you know, a, I, I never did fillets, but it's just it's it's getting too too darn expensive. I will admit that I am willing to pay a little bit more to get prime over choice. So those are the USDA uh, classifications. The prime has more marbling, right? That's different than Angus because Angus is a type of cow. So when, when you see Angus, you know, uh, you're, 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 you're talking about something that you could ostensibly say it is better but it is different than um uh than than the the designations from the usda department of agriculture on choice and and on prime and angus is going to have a better marbling in it prime has uh, more marbling in it do you find now because meat has gotten so expensive uh that you're grilling more vegetables i uh, no, no <laughs> and i love grilled vegetables we did plant we planted peppers this year. We planted onions. We planted tomatoes. We planted cucumbers. Doing it. Full garden. Really? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm super excited. I feel like... Can't wait. I feel Plum like, tomatoes is what we did. I feel like this was the year to do it because it just feels like... And I may be off base. I don't have the current meteorological data in front of me, Tony. You don't have your farmer's almond? No, I, I do not. But it does feel like we have gotten a ridiculous amount of rain this spring leading into summer. So Maybe. So maybe. maybe this was the season to do to do that. Yeah, we so we in. Plant, in Indianapolis we had like like two and a half like stupid days of rain. We planted it the day before the rain. So we feel like okay, maybe that's a good omen that will only kill half of the plants. Do you have a scarecrow? I, I do I do not <laughs> I was gonna tell a joke and then I had to question whether the joke was gonna work. And then I decided if I have to question whether the joke's gonna work, I'm gonna just avoid the joke. Tell tell to me off air. All together. <laughs> All together. No. No, I'm not doing it. The hits of 2022 just keep on coming. I mean, I still think of Norm MacDonald being gone in 2022. For some reason, it's this year. And then Gilbert Gottfried. You're like, dear Lord. Ray Liotta. No one saw that coming. The actor. We're talking about Goodfellas. We're talking about Field of Dreams. We're talking about just a classic, classic character, actor, he was in the Dominican filming a movie project, died in his sleep, age of 67. Holy cow, he's a baby. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously it's still early on, so there hasn't been an announcement as far as cause of death. But like you said, it happened in his sleep. It's one of those situations, that you, like you say, he's a great character actor. I got to go back and revisit some of those movies because, I, listen, I'm not a big movie guy. Uh, but I, I saw Goodfellas. I saw Field of Dreams. I gotta go back and watch some of these to just to remind myself how how good he really was. It's. It, I think people will argue whether he was a good actor or not a good actor. Right? They, they, you do that with with a lot of people. It's it's the. It's the history of him, and he he would just finished up a, a series. He was doing a, a movie called Dangerous Waters, according to his IMBD. He was filming three movies. He had just finished a TV series and another uh, film, and he was getting ready uh, for an another movie was in post-production. So, I mean, it's just a ton of stuff. He was in The Many Saints of Newark, which was that prequel to The Sopranos, which I didn't see because I just I, I knew it wasn't gonna I knew it wasn't gonna 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 work. Marriage Story, one of the movies uh, that that uh, he did. He did The Simpsons. He did Young Sheldon. He did Modern Family. Like, he's done a ton of these things, and he's just got such a cool, good story uh, to him. You just, honestly, I feel terrible. Yeah, it's, it I is terrible. I feel absolutely terrible. And if you're a big fan of his, you, you at least know that you're going to see some more of his his work. Uh, I don't know if we talked about the Norm MacDonald special that's coming. I'm so excited about Can we? Do, you, I mean, you are excited. I'm excited. Netflix, talk to me. Yeah, so uh, Norm MacDonald, uh, apparently the story goes, oh, he's, he's going to have uh, a Netflix comedy special uh, release, uh, I believe it's May 30th. Uh, the, the way the story goes is back in 2020, uh, he had been working on material, and uh, you know all the, the clubs were closed, and he, he, he was sick, 
and he had to go in for a procedure and they weren't sure if he was going to make it out of this procedure. Uh, so he told his assistant, listen, I've got all this material. Uh, I want to just run through it once. So in his living room, he set up a camera, he has a microphone, and he does his set in his living room. Goes through the procedure, uh, comes out of it okay. They just throw that video in the closet. They just forget about it. Well, still wasn't able to go out and perform because of his health and because the clubs were still still closed. And then they realized, well, geez, this, he may not be able to make it. So he remembers that he has this footage that he filmed of, of, of his, uh, you know, soon-to-be comedy special. And he said, let's, let's revisit. Let's look at this. And he, he watched it, and he's, he came up with the name, uh, Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special. And it's going to be coming out uh, at, at the end of May here. And I know you're a big Norm MacDonald fan, too. I'm really excited about this. It's the only reason I still have Netflix. I was going to cancel. Uh-huh. I was done. I was finished. All right. For Norm, I'll wait. For Norm, I'll wait. And, and, I'll, and I'll see it, and I'll smile, and I will probably cry. Yeah. I will probably uh, uh, tear, tear up. Um, I know people love bashing on millennials. And it's interesting because the millennial crowd is now like in their 30s. And so it's, are they still acting in that millennial way that stereotypically we, we, we talk about? And that, and that stereotypical is very, very demanding. The world should bend to them. But millennials also did a couple things right. They were rather uh, demanding on, you know, where is this bourbon from? Where is this food from? The farm to table movement, things like that. They, they, they want that story. They want that connection. I think those things are, are very, very cool. There's a story out of the New York Post that millennials love pets more than siblings and partners and even their mom. <laughs> There's something seriously wrong with this. Now, I'm about to engage the single most unpopular opinion ever. This is the one. Oh, boy. That will get me the hate mail. Usually, it's you who gets hate mail, fingers more. That's true. Everyone loves me. You, they are disgusted with. That's true. America's happy hour anchorman right there, Fingers Malloy. I have no problem with pets. I think people love them. I think they, they serve a purpose. They're fun. There is an attachment, absolutely. I cannot understand the people who think that pets are equal to humans. Like, you, you could see something bad happen to a person and people are like, yeah. Something bad happens to a dog, they lose their heads. Yeah. And I don't want something bad to happen to either one. I don't know why people are meh Isn't when it happens it a to shame human beings. In 2022, you had to have that clarifier. Because people, people, no, no, of course <laughs> I needed the clarifier. Yeah, right. People jumped on you. Oh, you don't care what happens to dogs, do you, Tony Katz? It's like that's just, where we are. That is that is where we are. <laughs> and I just want to say for the record. Daddy has a problem with that. In this conversation, <laughs> figures I am Daddy. Jeez, I, oh I can understand. <laughs> I can understand. I don't know what to do with that. I I can understand where you're coming from, though, because you you do see that a lot, and, and maybe it's because as as human beings, you're supposed to be guardians of, of pets and animals, and when you see an animal, a, a helpless animal abused, uh, that you know creates an emotion but you're also supposed to feel that way about your children and about your fellow human beings so uh it's weird when you start bringing animals and pets into the conversation but this survey was a hundred a thousand pet owners and they found that 57 percent of participants aged 27 to 42 love their furry friends more than their siblings now, is that just because the, the pet, it's unconditional love, and they never let them down, they, they're not judgmental? I, 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 it's, it's interesting to try to figure out what the, the, the thinking is there, but it seems kind of warped, Tony. I, I, I don't know if it was something they were just saying, like, you know, being funny in a way. Yeah. But there is something unique to that idea that it's, it's a generation, and we've seen this in, in younger generations. We see this in other people. They can't handle any level of criticism. They, 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 they avoid uh, uh, levels of, of critique. Puppy doesn't critique. Puppy just likes food. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then licks you on the face. So it's, 
it, it could be that it's just, you know, a, a bit of silly. It could be that it's really telling to where societally we're, we're at, you know. In a world of participation trophies, no one wants to hear that they struck out because no one strikes out when you get a trophy. Yeah. And so maybe that's it. The other thing, too, is they were locked up with their pets for two years in their homes. Yes, but people got pets during COVID, and then when COVID started being over, you know what they did? Gave up their pets. We saw that everywhere. We talked about that here. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's just, that's just crude. That's cruel. Like disposable pet. I mean, that's, that's what it feels like. You, you heard about shelters that uh, were giving adoptions only to have the, the pets returned. I, I don't know what goes through your mind if you think that's okay. It's, it's, it is not. You see, that's how, I, that's how I get my redemption. The people who return their pets, disgusting, terrible, awful people. See that? That's that's how it's done. Guys, uh, the My Slipper deal at MyPillow is nuts. Crazy when you go to MyPillow.com slash Tony and you get my discount. You're going to save $90 on the My Slippers. Regularly $139.98. Now just $49.98. MyPillow.com slash Tony. It took two years to develop these slippers with the MyPillow patented fill, the comfort memory foam, which prevents fatigue. You got the patented impact gel, and it's an indoor-outdoor sole, so you can wear it all day long inside or outside with quality leather suede, color, style, sizes, machine washable, a 60-day money-back guarantee, and a one-year limited warranty. What do you do? MyPillow.com slash Tony and get the MySlippers at only $49.95. You're also going to get huge discounts on the MyPillow products like the uh, buy one, get one extravaganza on the bed sheets, the MyPillows themselves, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com slash Tony. MyPillow.com slash Tony. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. Triple Mash. I will admit, first time I've ever seen anything handed to me where it was triple mash. I had no idea what it was, but it comes from Jack Daniels. Who am I to say no, Fingers Malloy? Triple mash was my rapper name in the 90s. Is that right? Triple M. Eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. This is a bottled in bond triple mash from Jack Daniels. So what does triple mash mean? I will gladly tell you. It is three different mash bills of three different alcohols. There is a rye, there is Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, and Jack Daniels American malt. Now, bottled and bond is a designation from the federal government. And bottled and bond refers to the fact that it's one distillation season, one distiller at one distillery. Right? So there are very stringent rules about these things. You can read them in our book, Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. So this, and the guys over there at BreakingBourbon.com have the mash bill. 60% Jack Daniels Tennessee rye, 20% Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, and 20% Jack Daniels American malt, which is a 100% malted barley. So you've got, in, in 20% of it, it's 80% corn. In 60% of it, it's 70% rye. What? Somebody was drinking too much Jack Daniels when they came up with this idea. Uh, Brian Lerman, uh, who, who does so much of our alcohol recommendations, is, is, is drinking it here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana, blendbarcigar.com. That is a gorgeous Gorgeous thick nose, though fingers. Yeah, it is. Holy cow! Now, how would you describe it's that like malt? A, it's, it's, yeah. it's got a sweet. It's got a. It's got a chew almost on the nose. Yeah, right? it's a thickness. A thickness. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, crazy that's, cool. That's that's you, you, just to say thickness. Have we ever described something as thickness on the nose? No, no, no. Usually, it's only that's only described for me on, on my OnlyFans. There page. it is. Uh, it, it, there's a dark fruit element to it. Yeah, there is. There's a nice chocolate kind of hit coming on on the on that oh, nose. This is interesting. This is very interesting. There's also there's also some nice there's also some nice fruit that's coming on here, and a tad a, a little bit. I. It's spice, but I can't quite. It's spicy, but not like a 
baking spice. Right, but, but when you're talking about something that's 60% rye, so bourbon has to be 51% corn. A rye is 51% rye, right? That's that's the main grain involved. Ryes naturally have that kind of spice, and depending on whether it's like a Midwest rye or or, or an East Coast rye, right? Whistlepig is going to give you something very different than some of the other players out there. Uh, you you get that spice. Now we do it neat. And then bring it to either a cube or some water or some ice chips. The color in this is beautiful, man. Yeah. The color in this is 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 just a wonderful amber with a hint of red. Um, and in viscosity, if you take a look at it, you move it around the glass, it sticks to the side of the glass. The thickness in the nose representing the thickness on the side of the glass there. This is this is truly amazing on the nose and, and the look. Jack I'm- Daniels, triple mash. And I, I should have said, because it's bottled in bond, Fingers Malloy, it's 100 proof. Oh. It gets applause. It get anything over 100 proof, 100 or over, gets applause from Fingers Malloy. But no, right there. no uh, ethanol alcohol on the nose Zero. at all. Zero. Fingers Malloy, uh, the triple mash from Jack Daniels, blended straight whiskey. Are you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all day. We start it neat, and then we decide if we're going to move it to just a little bit of water, some chips, or a big rock, which we have right next to us. Fingers Malloy is doing what's known as the Kentucky Chew, moving it around the palate to see what that flavor is going to bring. What do you got there on the palate? That is nice. A little bit of sting on the tongue, a little bit of warmth going down. That that dark fruit we were talking about uh, is there, maybe a cherry. Uh, and uh, oak, and there's something at the end on the finish that I don't want to say cinnamon, uh, but there's a certain there's a certain sweetness that I'm I'm I'm, I'm picking up, but I, it's it's hard for me to describe. Let's see what you think. Here we go. Here we go. The Jack Daniels Triple Mash Blended Bourbon Whiskey, 100 proof, a mix of rye, American whiskey, and malt. Here we go. Going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing the Memphis Munch. He's still looking at the glass. He's still looking at the glass. That's delicious. Yep. Now, part of me thinks it's screaming for a rock. So, I'm going to steal from someone right here because I think they have done it. You know, we, we look at a lot of sites and people who do reviewing who are much wonkier than us and yeah, how do how do our notes compare to their notes? And sometimes we see things we're like, all right, we don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. Sometimes it's perfect. The guys at BreakingBourbon.com, cola. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good on on the palate there, and that sweetness that that you're talking about. And by the way, there is there's a little there is a touch of oak that ends up on the finish. Yeah. That sweetness you're talking about, you know how they describe it. You're gonna laugh. What? Say it. Is it is it, is it marzipan? It's marzipan. <laughs> that is absolutely how they describe it. That sweetness. It is a. It is much smoother than I thought it would be. That is a terrifically cool blend going on there. Um, I I do think it's calling for a cube, mm-hmm. right? Only to see if I can bring down some of the heat. And the heat's not excessive, by the way. No warmth in the chest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No burn going down. It, you know it's on the tongue, but it's not overly coating the tongue. No tingle on the tongue. That's just super easy, delicious. It's it's much sweeter than than the nose even even brought, which is usually the opposite for me. It, the the whole cola thing is interesting because I kind of thought that as well, but. You know, we've been doing, we're into the second hour of the show, and we're, we're smoking our cigar, and I've been drinking Diet Coke while we've been doing the show. So I was thinking maybe that was influencing my palate, the fact that I've been oh, no, s- man. I think some Diet Coke. I, I think they hit it dead on. We're smoking, by the way, the Perla Del Mar from J.C. Newman. I'm just now getting into the final third of this 6 by 60 box press with the Corojo wrapper, which at $8 a stick, Good Lord. count me in. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. This is this is a wonderfully pleasant a surprise and an absolutely beautiful bottle. It's 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 the mostly traditional Jack Daniels bottle with some uh, raised lettering uh, into the glass. Fingers Malloy, is this in your liquor cabinet at an MSRP of thirty three dollars a bottle? <laughs> yes. This is a daily drinker at thirty three dollars a bottle. Absolutely. 
right? It's sweet, but not overly. For some people, it might be. They might think of it as overly uh, in, in, in that sweetness. I'm moving it right to the cube, dude. Uh, I can't wait. Okay, you do that. I, while you do that, I'm going to put a couple of drops of cool water okay. in mine, and we'll see. Yeah, that was more than a couple of drops. but I am duly, duly impressed with how this happens because... What I if I'm getting sixty percent rye, I'm expecting more of a spice. It's not there. You didn't need much of of the of the malt uh, part of it to really make its its position. Uh, you know, uh, American malt to make its position heard. I can't wait to share with you how it is on the cube. Find everything we do at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. The reviews are there. The articles are there. The latest news is there and the community is there that you get to be a part of sign up and be a part of eat drink smoke with eat drink smoke show.com eat drink smoke show.com we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the horror show in texas with 19 children murdered in some of the most senseless dear lord what's happening to us um Oh, I don't even say it right because I don't think there's a right way to say it. Uh, we, of course, are heard all across uh, Texas, and we are very appreciated, appreciative of it. Uh, KSEV in, in Houston and KFYO uh, in, in, in Lubbock and KYYW in, in, in Abilene, and, and they, they've been great partners and, and absolutely fantastic places to be heard, and we, we, we love being a part of it. It's, it is a horrible story it has been frustrating to see the the lack of information coming out because sometimes when these things happen we know so much in this case we know uh, so little it has been frustrating and if not sickening uh the politics that have played um in into this uh, we're gonna leave that stuff for others but we, we'd be fools if we didn't say we didn't, we didn't notice and uh we we want nothing uh, for uh, the, the, nothing but the best uh, for the people of Uvalde, Texas, which is to the west of San Antonio, uh, about 60 miles from uh, the, the southern border. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what more there really is really be said. You know, our thoughts and prayers go out to, to the families and, and all the people who were touched by this awful event. And uh, yeah, I. I appreciate that we're not even going to touch the... the, the it, it, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're not. We have thoughts. We have theories. It's not what this show is, is about. But certainly this show is about the recognition that sometimes when you when you have a chance to have a cigar and have a, a, a bourbon, it's also a good chance to take a stock, take stock in, in what's happening and, and how good things are and, 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 and levels of good fortune. It's easy to get caught up in the misery stuff. It's easy to get caught up in the... In insanity, we have as we prepare for the show, we have this conversation all the time. Where the hell's the freaking good news? <laughs> yeah, between this, well, this uh, in and of itself, the economy stuff and the supply chain stuff and the cost stuff and the issues with with vacations. I have a story about Jif peanut butter recalls. This thing, salmonella. This thing is gigantic. Yeah, and it's been growing. So um, you have recalls going on from. Where, where all these areas that supply things for Jif, uh, 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 apple wedges and celery bites getting recalled because it has peanut butter, peanut butter cups from certain brands. Um, it's, it's, it's huge. 14 salmonella cases reported, and this is the latest news that we have, 14 cases reported in 12 states, two hospitalizations, and the belief is those are the people who went to a hospital for it. Yeah. The numbers clearly, in their view, Higher. Yeah, and normally what we like to do on the show when there is a recall is kind of give you the product information and things like that. But this branches out. The tentacles of this go in so many different directions into so many different products. Uh, the best thing, the best advice we could give you is just if you see something that has peanut butter in it, look it up. <laughs> there right. are plenty of places available where you can find the information whether or not that has been the product that you have in your pantry has been recalled and uh, and not just in the pantry that you use in the stores of food that you have in the basement yeah you got to go uh, check it out for sure and and it's the kind of story you share with friends you know whether it's on on social media on next door or Facebook or whatever hey everyone know about this recall 
You know, because because if your kids are hanging out with other kids, it's very possible someone's getting a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at a friend's place. Yeah, that's true. And you know, you were just talking about how you know we, we go through all these news stories and say, gosh, is there any good news out there? Sometimes the the show unfortunately does take that kind of negative turn because. What we like to do on the show is talk about what people are talking about at the cigar lounge. And uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of the news lately has, has, has not been cheery, has not been good. So we, And it's we a pain in our ass. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> that's not what the show is about, right. damn it. But it, it, we do. We do talk about what's going on in, in the lounge. We do talk about what's going on on the bar stool. And this is the kind of stuff people are talking about now memorial day and i hope everybody has a fantastic weekend i really do take the time uh to to enjoy and and, and relax as we see gas prices see here's something cherry fingers boy <laughs> gas prices um the the analysts said i think it was jp morgan chase see six dollars by august oh good lord now i'm don't know if I believe it. Who am I to argue with their global, you know, petroleum analysts? I'm I'm smoking cigars and drinking bourbon. <laughs> uh, but I don't think anybody doubts the idea that it's going to be five dollars right quick. Does anybody in America really doubt that the average around the nation, not just the California prices, around the nation is going to be five dollars a gallon? I don't see how you could doubt that. I, we're just getting into the. The, the peak driving season, you know, between Memorial Day weekend and then you get into the 4th of July and Labor Day, it wouldn't be surprising at all to see gas at $6 a gallon. And then, unfortunately, the other thing we're, we're hearing and, and seeing is the increase in price and the decrease in supply of diesel, which can have a huge impact on, you know, not only uh, the, the drivers who, who get our goods to the store, but also uh, what goods are actually at the store because of these shortages. And, and the I increases. filled up, I, I, I have an H3, I have a Hummer, an H3, $97. Oh, $97 to fill up. That's, uh, yeah, it's not enjoyable. No, and how, how are low-income families able to do this? I mean, you, you're seeing jokes uh, you know, memes on on social media about oh, gonna call in tomorrow. You know, my my gas tank is low, and you can kind of chuckle about it. But there are people that are actually going through that right now, and who are struggling. So uh, the, the the gas prices are, are inflationary. The gas prices are about uh, supply, and the gas uh, prices are about supply chain. But when the inflation conversation comes up, you you need to think about inflation as a tax. Whether you want to call it invisible or visible, however you want to describe that. And the people that it affects are the people who are in a lower income bracket. If you have the expendable dollars, you can afford to move those expendable dollars away from the expendable luxury thing. Like, for example, a cigar. Imagine now how this affects industries all over the place. And move it into paying for gas. You can't do that if you're budgeted. And now it costs an extra $40 to fill your tank and you have to drive to work. Something serious has to give. But when we talk about that luxury side, because we shouldn't think, oh, those people have nothing to worry about. If there is no expendable income or meaning, or the expendable income goes to gas, that means the expendable income isn't going to your local restaurant, your local retail shop. And when gas hits $5 a gallon on average, you're now asking yourself, do we really want to go out to dinner? Can we afford to go out to dinner? Can we afford to pay for dinner? Do we really want to spend the gas on, on doing that? DoorDash goes up, Grubhub goes up. These are bad things. This yeah. is this. You now realize the multiplication of all this issue, and now you're having people having to decide whether they can even go on a summer vacation because of this stuff. I, I if they are going on summer vacation, is it going to be close to home instead of driving, you know, two states away? We had a plan. We were going out west this summer for two weeks. We canceled that in January. Wow. Real January, February, realizing that this this wasn't going to work and. I hate that I'm right. I hate that I was right about this. I'm right about this. A thousand percent. And uh, I'm not the only one who's made this change. There's going to be a lot of new plans going to hurt tourism all across uh, the country. So it is Memorial Day, people. I hope you're having a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Go Eat Drink Smoke, Facebook Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram, where you should go follow that and like that immediately, Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. Now, Memorial Day weekend in Indianapolis is special 
because it's the Indy 500, which is the greatest spectacle in racing. And if you've never been, it really is unbelievable. Now, I, I, in addition to this, you guys know I do a radio here in Indianapolis and around the country. I actually do the pre-race coverage. Starting at 5 a.m., the gates open at 6. So from 5 to 11 a.m., I'm on the air as the crowds are coming in. And it's the first time basically in three years that we have full crowds, 300,000 people Amazing. expected, and it's not sold out. That, so the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is the largest boarding venue in the, in the world. It's, it, it's, a, it's a mid-sized city for a weekend. It's just incredible. The race is great. The speeds and the speeds this year, unreal. And then I'll come home and I'll pass out. And then I will wake up and throw my 13-pound brisket onto the smoker. I will then pray to the smoking gods, and I will begin the long pilgrimage to deliciousness. So, you, Are you coming over? Uh, oh, really? You, you, you think if you're going to uh, throw an invite out, say, I, I've got some brisket that I wouldn't come over? I was talking over? to Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. Uh, I wasn't talking to you. I mean, if you want to park cars. Wow. That would be... Wow. Now come. We're gonna, food's, food is going to be stupidly plentiful. What, what do you make when you do a brisket? What are the sides that go with brisket? Sides. Yes. God. Sides. Why is it so hard to work with you? 15 pounds of meat. There are no need. There's no need for sides. Sides. What are the sides? What are the proper brisket sides? Uh, fries. <laughs> Uh, fries mac, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, uh, fries and mac and cheese. I, I, do you do like the old fashioned mac and cheese? You're talking about like a baked mac and cheese. A, usually an old fashioned mac and cheese, right out of the box. Right, clearly, you can get them uh, anywhere at your favorite grocer. Uh, listen, I I understand that some people really need sides. You know, they need the greens or you know green beans. Uh, to, to me, when you have 15 pounds of meat that you have spent 16 hours cooking, I, I, don't, I don't have time. I don't have time for mac and cheese. I just want to dive right in. Coleslaw? No. Because I happen to love coleslaw with that stuff. I oh, like, I adore it. I like coleslaw with pulled pork. Not Agreed. So much, Agreed. Not so much with brisket. Um, but I'm, I'm making it anyway, so too, you don't have to eat it. Uh, well, Pota but Potato salad? Uh, sure, potato salad, macaroni salad. Now we're just getting into the summer barbecue stuff. Yeah. Oh, so, but but all of those things work. But it's not beans. It's not. Uh, I, I do like baked beans. It's it is mac and cheese. That's do, you, do you like the? You know, some people like to have uh, their their cold uh, baked beans. Do you do you do that? I don't even know what that means. You never seen that before. You cold? buy the cold and you just eat them cold. cold oh baked no, beans. no, I don't do that. No, 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 no. no I'm a grown up. <laughs> I don't. Wow. I, I'm a, I'm a grown up and I'm out of college. So there are two things, two reasons why I don't do that. So when are you putting when are you putting the brisket on? 10 p.m. Okay. Sunday night. Sunday night, 10 p.m. But I, I might even go earlier at this stage. It really depends on, because it, it's, it's a whole pack of brisket. It really depends on the amount of fat I get off the thing. The, the last time I had a problem with the brisket, I believe I had too much fat. There was no stall, right? Mm -hmm. there, there was no moment where the brisket stopped in the internal temperature. It just went all the way. It was so quick. But I felt that the texture wasn't right. There was too much fat. I thought it was too... It's going to sound dumb. I thought it was too moist. It wasn't It wasn't even enough. So I'm not going to cut too low. Better to have more fat than less, in my view. Um, but I, it, I'm going to see how that carving goes to kind of see when I think this thing needs to start. Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to plan an exact meal time when you're doing brisket unless what you you plan on doing is putting it on early and uh, l there's no there's nothing wrong with letting your brisket rest two to three hours that and that right there is 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 the point to remember because when you've taken it off the smoker and it's in the butcher paper you then wrap it in a towel and you put it in a cooler no ice in the cooler just in a cooler you close the lid and you leave it alone yeah and so you can do that for three hours, and it's still hot. Like, you can't you're, touch it. You're not kidding. And I know a lot of people who aren't familiar with cooking brisket may not understand. You're bringing a brisket up to an internal temperature of anywhere from 202 degrees up to 210 when you pull it off. And, you know, if you've got it in the butcher paper, 
you immediately will wrap it in a towel and maybe put it in your oven if you know you're you're not using your oven for anything. But I, I like to use a chest cooler. Uh, the last brisket I cooked, I believe I let it rest for well over two hours, and I went to carve it, and it was still I couldn't touch it. Right, it was still ridiculously hot. And so. make sure when you cut it against the grain. Against the grain, because what you're doing is, is you're breaking up any fibers that are still there. And so that allows for a much easier chew. And the way to know is cut a couple, take a look at it. Does it pull apart in your hand? If it's not pulling apart properly, turn the brisket to the side. And also, there's a difference between the flat and the point. Yes. And how you cut it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's in two different directions. Uh, the, the the flat, it's, it's a little leaner. There's a little bit more... Uh, there is more fat in, in the point. Listen, it, it's 2022. If if you don't know uh, exactly how to, to to carve a brisket, go to YouTube. Right. I mean, seriously, there are so many great tutorials on how to carve a brisket on YouTube. But the cut is extremely important because you you go through all that time, you go through all that effort to 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 cook your brisket, and then if you cut it wrong, it it's just going to completely ruin the experience. So we had, we're going through this list from mash.com about the biggest grilling mistakes people make. And I, I thought it was actually a good list. And some of it involves, you know, keeping the cover off or keeping the cover on. When you're smoking a brisket, the cover stays on. You just leave it alone, for the love of God. Um, but when you're, when you're grilling, it's completely different mathematics. You got to kind of know your grill. And it's a difference if you're using gas or, or, or charcoal or a difference to the kind of heat that you're trying to get. So you you got to pay attention. You got to practice. Well, especially when you're using a charcoal grill, if you have the lid on, the, the, the temperature can actually go down because there's no airflow keeping those coals hot. That's why you have the vents in in the charcoal grill to be able to get that airflow going. So, yeah, it also, it, 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 it definitely depends on what kind of grill you're using. And one of the things they have here, and it's true, uh, cleanliness matters. Using dirty grates when grilling. I think that's a good point. A, do you want certain flavors melding together? And then B, you're talking about having an effect on temperature of the grate itself if it's coated in whatever the last month's grilling was. <laughs> yeah, you have to clean the grill. And for safety reasons, too. If if you're not cleaning your grill on a regular basis, uh, you can have a, a pretty decent fire, and that will completely ruin the, the flavor of your food if you're especially when you're cooking something like burgers you know and you're having all that fat drip down into the flame and it'll, it's one thing to have a flare-up it's a whole other thing when your grill gets set on fire because you haven't cleaned your grill properly and it's why you got to take that brush while the grill is hot and do it and then after it's cooled down if you want to actually spray it with something and let it soak and then use a hose and wash it down that's the right thing to do Drinking the Jack Daniels Triple Mash, the mix of rye, uh, American whiskey, and American malt. It's a lovely drink. $33 a bottle. It's in the liquor cabinet. It's a solid drink. And this Perla Del Mar, I mean, I don't know where you are. I, where, where's your cigar? Oh, you're in, in the, the final, final third. Has it built up in the spice for you? A little bit, yeah. But uh, look at what we're talking about here. Between the, the two things here, we're, we're at $40. It's an $8 stick. It's a $33 bottle. <laughs> I mean... If you're doing Memorial Day on a budget, the Perla Del Mar from J.C. Newman and the Jack Daniels Triple Mash, and you will not miss out on anything when it comes to flavor. You will not miss out on a thing. Fingers, you are invited for Memorial Day. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, bring mac and cheese. <laughs> I will bring the best that craft has to offer. That's that's what craft or crack craft craft not crack no craft not crack, crack macaroni and cheese. <laughs> uh, that stuff's just downright addictive. Have a wonderful Memorial Day. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast.